Hello, welcome to episode 14 of Dad College. My name is Cam and I'm joined by the one and only David Hogue. What's up? Ah, hmm. What is up? That's a good question. I guess not a whole lot is up. Is there stuff that's down? Uh, no, I don't know that anything's down either. Like it very it, family wise, like I feel like we're just at a good place. Uh-huh. You know, there's kind of not a lot going on. All three children are doing very well socially, academically, physically, spiritually. So just at a good place. You're very unexcited for that. That should be. Oh, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited about that. Okay. No, it just, uh, when you, when you asked what is up, um, I feel like my family is up. I feel like we're at a good place right now. Not that we've necessarily been in a bad place, but I'm very thankful for where we're at. So good. Yeah. Well, here we are. Here we are. And we're going to talk about some big life decisions perhaps today or, or situations that, uh, as a parent, father, husband, Mm -hmm. uh, you can make or not make that impact not only you, but also your, your family. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically talking about something that we have both done, which is move very far away from where uh, either we were born or where uh, we lived most of our lives. Um, and the impacts that can have on your relationship with your spouse and uh, relationship with your children and then your extended family as well. Um, and, you know, because moving away from home or moving back home especially if there's outside family involved can, can have an impact on how your, your children are shaped based on the relationships they have with aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas mm-hmm. and cousins and that sort of stuff or moving away and those relationships not being regular or as important, you know, in air quotes. So, yeah, so we're going to talk about moving and, um, you know, kind of how that affects us as dads and the decision-making process and how that shakes out with the rest of, you know, Family dynamics. Yeah, absolutely. Which I never would have thought about, but because, well, a little backstory. Uh, I am from Detroit. My wife is from um, south of Chicago. And we got married and then like eight or nine months later moved to Kansas. We didn't have any kids. So, you know, we weren't impacting a life in that way, but we moved away from every single person in our family and all of our friends. Yeah. And just kind of struck out on our own and, and, you know, did the thing. Uh, But that was a huge decision for us and had impacts on me and my wife that we weren't, uh, you know, prepared for, I think just because we didn't know any better. We were young and naive and like, Oh sure. We'll move, you know, halfway across the country. (laughs) Um, But there is, potential for that to happen again. And this time we would be leaving friends. We do have a child. Mm -hmm. Um, There's nothing, you know, set in stone yet, but the potential 
for a move back to um, the Detroit area, you know, it's a potential thing that could happen. Um, and so that's kind of why it's on my mind. And then I realized, well, Dave's done something <laughs> similar uh, twice, actually. Um, so that's what we're going to go. You know, I've just totally beat it into the ground already, but yeah. Say lovey. Say lovey. So, so yeah, that's my, that's my background and where I'm coming from it, um, tonight. But do you want to share maybe some of your history with this before we get into, you know, the decision-making process and that sort of stuff? Or do you just want to dive into that? Um, I guess we can just dive in. Okay. Oh, well, it, so, it, it, and actually, as you were talking, um, I guess kind of where, where, where my thoughts had started to go to, which I'm not going to totally do this, but I real I just was having this realization that like, oh, I moved a couple of times as a kid myself. Um, so I don't totally need to go down that road, but um, I just hadn't really thought about it until you were kind of talking just then of, Oh, I was also, not only was I the dad in this kind of scenario, but I was also the kid a couple of different times. Yeah. We moved once and it was like a whole five blocks down the same road. <laughs> so when I was two, we moved from Chicago to Des Moines. When I was 10, we moved from to Des Moines to Kansas City. Oh, and then I guess even there was kind of a small move within Des Moines when I turned six. But... um. But for me as a dad, which is what the show was about, uh, our first move came basically uh, similar to where you're at right now. We lived in, so Melissa and I were both essentially from Kansas City. Um, we we both had um, two sets of parents, parents that divorced and remarried. And when her, when Melissa and I were first married, and moved away, uh, we still had three sets of parents in the Kansas City area. And so we moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota, from Kansas City. And then Caroline was born, our oldest daughter was born, in Edina, Minnesota. So Edina, that's such a Minnesotan town. Edina. Edina. Uh, if you've ever seen... Um, Oh my gosh. Mighty Ducks. Mighty on, Ducks. Dave. Thank you. That was you cake a, eater. Yes. Caroline is a cake eater. So if you've ever seen, <laughs> if you've ever seen Mighty Ducks um, and the whole little scenario of redrawing the boundaries to get Adam Banks on the team. Yeah. It was really, we lived in Minneapolis for a while and we, well, we never lived in Edina. I worked in Edina, but we lived in Minneapolis. We lived in Eden Prairie, which is very similar to Edina, but Edina is kind of the old money. We, that's truly, they don't say Edina in that movie, but that's what they talk about. And uh, I remember going on a ski trip where we were in the UP mm. and uh, we ran into some folks as we were heading from Duluth uh, over oh, the, yeah, you were way up there. Yeah. But we were in Duluth and basically a couple of Minnesotans were up there at the diner or wherever we were gas station or whatever. And they're like, where are you from? And, it's like, oh, we're from Edina. And they're like, ah, a bunch of cake eaters, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, they truly were like, and I'm, I'm not even going to try to do the the accent justice, but it was true. Like, oh, you're a bunch of cake eaters, eh? <laughs> Clueless at the time. But uh, before Caroline turned two, 
we made a decision to move back to Kansas City. And um, I think that was a fairly easy move for us because we had no family. We definitely had friends where we were in Minnesota, but we had no family. And I think particularly with Melissa being a new mom, a young mom, she welcomed that idea of being back around family to have somebody help her mm-hmm. um, with just being a new mom and, and what all goes with um, all of that. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's where we were. Um, it'll actually be 20 years <laughs> this year. So we moved back the Kansas city area in 1998. Wow. Yeah. So that, that for us was, I guess a little bit different than in you guys in that you, you are coming from two different. Yeah. There's not one Metro area that's going to be both families. Um, the plus side is that Chicago and Detroit are not terribly far away. It's a super easy drive. And we have friends in the Chicago area, and then we have friends in Indianapolis, which is, you know, four or five hours, just like Chicago. And then some friends in Ohio. Um, So, but yeah, my entire family, uh, outside of one of my sisters, like all, well, and one of my cousins, um, they live in Wisconsin. Um, But yeah, all my extended family. my one remaining grandparent, all my aunts and uncles, like all 18 of my cousins, uh, my parents, one of my sisters and her husband, um, all in the Detroit area. And then Meredith's family is all in the Chicago area, uh, be it downtown or like an hour outside the city. So yeah, while not one location, it's not like it is now where we're nine hours from her family and 14 hours from mine. Yeah. Or we'd be at most an hour from my family with mm-hmm. traffic. Yeah. And then like at most five hours from hers, which is so much easier. It is. Especially, it really is. well, especially like in, in our situation, um, my mom's in a wheelchair. And so traveling is not something that is easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being within an hour of them would just make that, would allow them to be grandparents mm-hmm. much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom, she has MS, so she her, her condition is only going to decline. It's never going to improve. Like the best you can hope for is that it just maintains how yeah. crappy it is, but there's never any getting better. It's always just trying to uh, contain the decline or to slow it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just going to become a point, especially as they get older, where my dad, they can't travel because my dad will be unable to get her in and out of the chair just because he's getting old and it just takes a lot of strength to get you know, a person out of a chair who has no function over their legs. So they mm-hmm. can't help you. It's, it's literally dead weight. She can't, she can't use her legs. So she can't help support him. So there's, a, it's just a matter of time until travel becomes something she cannot do. Yeah. And on the flip side, uh, Meredith's parents, I think are like 10 years older than my parents. Um, so in the next couple of years, they'll both hit 70, but they're both very, you know, like vivacious and, they're both retired, but like they have more energy than, <laughs> but it's just, things just become trickier when you get older sure. and traveling nine hours versus traveling four or five. Right. Is much easier. It and is. us going to see them as our kids get older and they don't want to travel because it just, 
it just wears you out when you're young, let right. alone when you're, you know, in your seventies. So that's kind of how I'm approaching it in my mind. And this all could, you know, fall apart, not actually ever happen, but <laughs> there is, to me, there's good reason to be closer to family, especially if we're going to have more kids, um, which is the plan. Yeah. And that's definitely where we were. Yeah. Yeah. But so I guess the, the thing that I'm feeling is balancing what I want to happen, mm-hmm. which for me, if this is all centered on a job offer that has not yet been made, mm-hmm. um, as of recording this, I actually have a phone call with a company tomorrow that should determine whether or not I proceed in the process. I'm already very, very far along in the process. Um, and we're at the point where it's, they're going to either fly me up to Detroit for the meet the team and see if you fit or thanks, but no thanks. Have a good life. Um, but so that's where the, the, the background to all this, but w- what I'm struggling with personally in this um, scenario, if I, the job is offered and if financially it makes sense, how do you differentiate between what you selfishly want for yourself, which for me would be a huge career shift and the potential to provide for my family in a way that as of yet, I have never been able to. Um, And selfishly wanting that uh, affirmation and that opportunity to prove that I can do uh, good work and I can provide for my family in a way that would allow my wife to work only if she wanted to. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and to provide a future for my kids that right now making $10 an hour at the coffee shop, I can't provide. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, selfishly, the I want to prove that I can do it, that I'm worth it, that that I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. Or right. Stuart Smalley, what was that? You're good enough, you're smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like you. Yes. Um, wow. Anyways, how, how do you balance that selfish desire of of wanting that for yourself against – you know, what is best for your family and they can be the same thing, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. But you know, in, in my scenario, my wife is not necessarily thrilled with the idea of mm-hmm. leaving the home that we've made here. We've been here. It'll be eight years this summer. Wow. Like we yeah. own a home. We have really good friends here. We have a great, you know, support system and relationships and people that care about us and, and people that we care about. Um, you know, I've got you mm-hmm. in this whole thing that we've built. <laughs> yeah. Um, that will not end, but it will be weird to not right. sit across the table from each other and, you know, be able to have dinner and, and True. that sort of stuff. So I guess long, really long winded responses. How do you, as a husband and a dad, when you're making a decision like this, how do you guard against the selfish desire for yourself to have this big win versus, and and, and how, how does that balance with deciding what you think, what you and your spouse think is best for the family? Mm-hmm. Because it is a big decision and there are going to be ramifications, good and bad with any, you know, sort of giant life shift like this. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I don't feel like I'm putting no, it I into think... the correct words, but. Well, so I, the, one of the things that I would just start with is kids 
are probably far more resilient than we give them credit for most of the time, especially if they have parents that love them and are, well, yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. Parents that love them, that are engaged in their life, that, that, that goes a long way because that's the consistency they're looking for. They're looking for the consistency of mom and dad together um, in their life. And I, so I think that's the first part. And then I think there's even kind of this, um, you know, moves that are made um, earlier in life and particularly before uh, school starts. Again, I, I think kids in particular are not going to be super uh, affected by that. Um, I think once you enter the school age years, it becomes a little bit more tricky. Uh, you can truly move from one side of a city to another. And if the kids are moving schools, that has probably a bigger impact on them than just about anything. And, and when you say schools, really what you're talking about is, is their friend group. Who is it that, that, that they hang out with? And so um, that initial move uh, for Melissa and I, when we left Minnesota and came back to Kansas city, uh, it was certainly about um, my job. I mean, that's, that's why we did what we did was, was, um, my career, but given that the girls, well, at that time it was just one daughter, uh, Caroline were not in school. I think that made it infinitely just easier because uh-huh. their, their world was not different. Um, as egocentric as it might, might sound mom and dad are their world. And as long as mom and dad are there and, uh, there's consistency with that, then I, I think that move um, is much easier. And again, the 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 distance really is is um, irrelevant because their friend group, their or, or even their their world, their community is 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 relatively the same because it's it's primarily uh, mom and dad. The second piece I would say is why why is it that we're as men as dads as as fathers as husbands why is it that we are making the move that we are making i don't believe there is anything intrinsically wrong with saying i want a better job i i want to provide for my family and i i want something that fits better with who i am and how i'm wired and that may happen more than once over the course of a lifetime, over the course of our kids uh, being raised. Um, I think, you know, to, to kind of to create this sort of like help me point to something that says to me that this is not healthy or not whatever, is all things equal being laid on the table. I'm choosing this next position because it's either going to make me more money or it's going to increase my popularity, my exposure, make me famous. You know, it, it, there's kind of this, my status will be improved, uh, that sort of thing. So I don't know if is, is I'm saying this, if it, if it has the distinct line that I feel like it does, because I don't believe there is anything wrong with saying I want to improve the position that I have. I want to be able to provide for my family. Um, I think 
and this is just something I read and I, I've come across it multiple times, but like they say $75,000 a year. If you have an income of 75,000 beyond that, you're not going to be any quote unquote happier if you're making more than $75,000. And so, Oh, that's the magic happiness. That number. is the magic happiness number. And so if, if you're constantly looking for that next position because it's more money, because you think it's going to improve your status, because there's a better title, then I, I think you're really, you're chasing something that is going to be empty in the long run and you shouldn't do that. But giving your family um, and being able to provide for them is a noble and worthy pursuit Particularly, I think, given your example of, you know, I'm working in a coffee house. This isn't, this isn't what I want to be doing. This isn't fulfilling for me. Uh, it's not why I went to school. It's, it's not challenging to me in my intellectual level. You know, I think there's a lot of things you can point to that you're like, this is a good choice for me and for my family. Now, if two, three, five years down the road, you're chasing that next thing because you're thinking, oh, I can make more money. I, you know, your job is never going to fulfill you. Um, I really truly view uh, work as a necessary evil. And there's even a whole lot kind of even tied with going back to the book of Genesis and the fact that it's a bit of a curse and that we will have to continue to toil and that sort of a thing. But I also believe, I also believe we're designed for work. Don't get, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, I, think, I was going to push back on you there for a second. I think work is, is part of God's design. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even just like, you know, me and, and I'm in a profession where people can retire at 50, 55. And it's like, they are so focused on retiring. And when I like kind of say, I don't plan on retiring for a long time. They almost look at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, I can think of nothing worse than getting up in the morning and going, Hmm, I don't know what to do with myself today. So so, so, so back, I guess, just to give sort of a, a short answer, there is nothing wrong. In fact, I think it's healthy to pursue those opportunities that are that more fulfill who you are and your ability to provide for your wife and your children. Well, thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. Um, yeah, I guess... The the big decision for us is, yeah, not necessarily how it's going to affect Kennedy now. No. Because she's not going to remember. Um, but the potential of how it will affect her going forward um, is there. Because, mm -hmm. you know, she could grow up here and have a happy life. Mom and dad love her. Mom and dad love each other. We have lots of friends that already love her and care for her and have given, you know, over and beyond what we would ever would expect anyone to, you know, be, uh, or to, to be generous, um, towards us for her. Um, but she wouldn't grow up with grandmas and grandpas around. She wouldn't grow up with cousins and aunts and uncles. And there's just something different about that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's something to be learned. I think in the, you, you pick your friends and your friends pick you Yeah, for a reason you get along you enjoy each other's companies. You have things in common, right? Right. That makes a friendship. And friendships can be really deep and really strong and be really profound on the effect they have on you and your, fam mm -hmm. and your, your family. But the lessons of family is 
you may not like each other. You may not have things in common. Yeah. You may uh, not really like them, but you're around them anyways because they're your family. Yeah. You know, and so that teaches you, I think, a whole nother um, level of human interaction of this person may not be my favorite. They may not be my friend, but they are my cousin or my aunt or my sister or my brother or my grandpa or grandma. And because of that, I'm going to spend time with them anyways. And I'm going to learn how to spend time with someone that makes me crazy. <laughs> yeah, that that is a skill. And something that can build character uh, and personality in a person that they wouldn't have otherwise. Mm-hmm. And um, growing up in, in a fairly large extended family, on my dad's side anyways, like that is something that every time I'm home for Christmas, I'm reminded of. Like I want to be around these people more, even though they're not all my favorite. I love them all, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily mean that like we're hanging out on the weekends. You know what I mean? But there's something to be said for the role family can play in how you develop as a person and Mm -hmm. how you, you know, your interpersonal skills and your patience and your humility, frankly, because no one's going to put you in place like family will. Oh, that's very true. You know what I mean? And so for the, uh, a lot of what I said was, you know, looking outwards, but no one is going to call you on your crap like family. And no one's going to, push back on you like family and you need that I mm-hmm. think um, in order to maintain a healthier uh, sense of self-awareness um, yes but anyways going back to this is the so there's you know in my situation and in your situation coming back from Minnesota it wasn't necessarily about how the child was going to be affected then and there right uh, future effects um, but focusing on the the husband and wife scenario. You said that Melissa was happy to move back because of the new mom thing and being closer to family. Was there, I mean, did you guys, like, was it a tough decision for you guys to come back? I I don't think it was a tough decision for us. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, we basically, you, the drive is about eight hours, nine hours up I-35. And, there were multiple times where during that trip weather influenced. Yep. Um, in, including rain. Uh, we, there's literally one night where we pulled over and got in a ho- got a hotel because the cornfields in Iowa were flooding and it was <laughs> spilling over onto I 35 and it just wasn't worth it to press on. It was like, I'll, I'll spend the 70 bucks to spend the night in a hotel kind of a thing. And well, that happened to us one time going back to Chicago, except it was, uh, uh, ice and snowstorm and we spun on the highway. So and scary. Meredith was like, that's it. We're getting the next hotel. <laughs> like I'm done. Um, and so we stayed in the hotel and went to go get gas in the morning and all of the gas pumps and, uh, windshield, you know, wiper mm-hmm. brushes were all frozen to like the windshield <laughs> and the windshield wiper fluids got like any, like it's, solid block of ice and the gas pump was coated in ice <laughs> and stuck to the actual, th- you couldn't get it out to get gas. It was pretty brutal. Anyways. So that is rough. But so, so ultimately though, no, I, I guess there's, I, I don't believe there's anything wrong with, um, in fact, I, I, I guess I would lean the other way of just, 
um, as a dad, as a husband, as a provider, we should be pursuing those things that allow us to be better providers and allow us to be, um, to, to, to just have that career that's a better fit for us. Um, at the same time, I get that there are just some, um, you know, there, there, there are some things that are just, it's, it's not a career, but it's a job. And I'm just going to do this job because it, it, it provides, um, for my family financially. It's not ideally what I'd want to do, but this is what's available. And so I'm going to do that. So I, I think it's a little bit naive to, to, um, you know, do a job that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Um, that would be wonderful, but it's still ultimately a job and work and they call it that for a reason. So our second move, um, actually came within the same city essentially, uh, which is Kansas city. And that was my leaving full-time ministry, uh, to go be a police officer. And I give my wife, Melissa, a lot of credit in that because she supported me even though she was probably completely terrified of, of that decision. Um, but I think she saw in me this, you know, uh, being in full-time ministry was not a fit for me. Uh, in particular, I had had an opportunity to go on extended retreats uh, on a regular kind of interval over a couple of years um, where the whole purpose was to kind of, you know, be at a retreat and hear from God and, and focus on him. And like, as I'm doing this, it's becoming more and more evident to me that I I'm full-time ministry is not for me. And so on my initial effort to kind of leave and tell my boss, I don't think I'm cut out for full-time ministry. Uh, well-intentioned. He asked me to consider some other options and I did those for a little while. And even in that, I just was like, yeah, this isn't my deal. And so then when I ultimately went to him and said, hey, I'm leaving, I'm going to pursue a career in law enforcement, he again said, hey, before you go, I got one last sort of, would you consider this? And Melissa and I just were like, no, this, this, isn't, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. Um, and it really was about me um, as the husband, as the dad. Um, that was not a good idea uh, for us to do. And I needed to go uh, do something differently. And so I've been in law enforcement for uh, coming up on 16 years now. And I think uh, I'm, I'm, I've come to the point where I'm content with where I'm at and I'm happy with the career I've had and believe that God has had a hand in all that. But um, I would say that there was, a majority of that time where I quote unquote felt like I failed at ministry. I felt failed at being a full-time pastor. Uh, I don't feel that way anymore. I definitely am like, I'm very glad with the job that I had or that I have. And I have had for the last 16 years. Um, So again, I think it really kind of comes down to, what is my motivation behind making a move, making a transition? Um, 
Because if it is about money, if it's about status, it's going to come up empty. But if it's about providing for your family, and if it's about choosing something that is a better fit in terms of how I'm gifted and who I am and what I enjoy doing, because, you know, even as, as I kind of poke and, and jab at the whole idea of, you know, do a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life, there, there is stuff that, and this was me in full-time ministry, was I, I, I was truly miserable early on. And so, um, yeah, money should not be the factor and your status should not be a factor. And if you can say I'm doing this because it allows me to provide for my family, uh, I think we should feel good. All of us should feel good about that decision. And ultimately, I personally believe kids are far more resilient uh, than we give them credit for. And I think some of those transitions are actually really good things. Um, We shouldn't just assume that it's going to be easy for them. We should help them navigate those sorts of things. I think as much as we can communicate those uh, to our kids, it it helps. Um, And even being intentional about, particularly when they're, you know, beyond, you know, kindergarten, we're talking about their, their later in life, helping them, get plugged into something. Uh, I think that that can certainly be, uh, beneficial. Um, uh, you know, the other piece that goes somewhat hand in hand with, with who we are is, is well, definitely goes hand in hand with who we are, but we don't spend a lot of time belaboring it is, is finding that church home, uh, and getting our kids plugged in there as well. Um, because, um, again, I think it's just going to help that transition and to be around others who have a similar world worldview certainly helps, uh, that, that transition. So, yeah, agreed. Sorry. I'm playing all these little scenarios <laughs> out in my brain about what's going to happen. I'm just nervous about tomorrow's phone call <laughs> and I don't blame you. So, you know, and I, I just think about little things or little things. Um, I think about different situations in terms of, um, you know, parents who are in the military uh-huh. and don't have that option, but now found that find themselves being deployed and is heart wrenching and as difficult as all of that can be. And it would not be probably for many of us our preferred uh, way of doing things. I'm pretty amazed at how, again, kids just respond to that. It's like, particularly if you talk to them and engage in them, they understand. Kids really do kind of get this idea of uh, change happens. Uh, There are absences in our life of people that we love. Um they they really do i think get it better than we give them credit for and while it's not always easy it's not maybe what we would choose given all the options um but they 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 really do uh understand it and then um 
you know, obviously there are even bigger issues of, of divorce and death and things like that. And, um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, moved myself many times and then, um, had parents who got divorced and got remarried and, um, it happens and we, we, we seem to find our way, um, eventually. So, but having both parents and I think having both parents involved, uh, in a child's life is really what matters. Ideally, both parents being present in the home is ideal, but being an active participant in our kid's life, whether it's being a, a job transition or it's a move across town or it's a move across the country, mm-hmm. um, being an active participant in their life is probably the biggest factor versus what their address is, where they go to school, who their friends are. Uh, because in those formative years, it's it's the relationship with mom and dad. And that can remain a constant, even if the location is different. Agreed. Um, if you, dear listener, have a story about this that you want to share, um, we'd love to hear it. You can get in touch with us on Twitter. I am at Cam Brennan. Dave is at David J. Hogue. You can email us, hello at supermegacorp.net. All of those links are in the show notes. Um, which you can find on your phone or you, uh, well, if you're listening to this, you've already found out where to, where to find it. If it's not on your phone, <laughs> they're right down there and I'm pointing down, which means you should scroll. <laughs> uh, also a link to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash super Check out that goodness. And I guess that's it for this episode, huh? Yes, so. All right. Well, until next time, toodles. Bye.